Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast. This is an episode that was not planned. This is an episode that was not in the schedule to come out, but uh, it is important that I talk to you about this. On January 16th of this year of 2024, uh, I lost probably, well, I think the, the longest friend, not probably the, the longest friend I've ever had. Uh, I had a friendship that lasted 19 long years, and I want to honor sweet, precious Cody, my oldest cat, who passed away on January 16th of 2024 with this heart-filled episode of the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast. I can't wait to share his story with you, so why not, why not get right into it? If you are new here and you have not yet come in contact with me, my name is Justin. This podcast is the podcast where we tap into the philosophy of yoga in a very practical and everyday way, uh, and we do that one small step at a time to become happier people. Now, if you are just coming across this podcast or this video on YouTube because you have just lost a, a pet of your own, whether it's a cat or a dog or any other animal that you have held near and dear to you, the first thing I want to say to you is that I'm very sorry that that has happened to you and that I uh, my heart goes out to you and I'm going to send you a lot of love and support during this time because when you are grieving the loss of a pet, it is very traumatic. Your feelings of grief are extremely real. If you feel like the loss of a pet is harder than the loss of a person, you are not alone. We have a very different connection to our pets than we do to people simply because they can't talk. And so because they cannot talk, you form this different type of energy bond that is unparalleled to any other relationship with a human being out there. So uh, if you are here and you're and you you don't do yoga or know nothing about yoga, it doesn't matter. You are here and stay with me because I want you to listen to the story of Cody. As we honor him and as I tell you about my grief and how I am working my way through that as well. So, as I mentioned, this episode was not supposed to come out. We weren't supposed to do an episode like this, but I wanted to get this out. And I wanted to get it out early on in the season. So, episodes that you may see right before or right after this were recorded before Cody passed away. And... I actually delayed the start of this season simply because the start of the season would have been right after he passed, and I wasn't ready for that. So we are now here, and we're working through this. So um, if you've been following me for a while, you know this podcast, I started this podcast about a year and a half ago, and I've talked about Cody before, and Cody has been in shorts on the YouTube channel. He's also been in yoga videos on the on the YouTube channel. You can back up and see. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put a few pictures of him up for you to see. He, um, he was king of this castle. This was his domain. He was the king of this house. And so I want this episode to serve two purposes. Number one, I want this episode to be a celebration of his life, like a memorial. And I also want to talk to you about what the grief process for me was like losing my little baby of, I mean, almost 20 years. And, and, and maybe again, I just, as I said earlier, if you've just lost a pet, maybe you'll find some comfort because you're not alone in this. 
right? Or period. You know, I'm here and I'm walking this path with you. Um, and so the feelings you have are real and they are valid and you should feel them, every single one of them. So let's talk about Cody's life. Cody was born in 2004, 2004. This summer, well, spring into summer, I think, he would have been about 20, but he was 19. Um, now, in 2004, I was 21 years old, and I had just graduated from college, and I was into my very first apartment. I had a one-bedroom apartment, uh, not too horribly far from where I live now, but it was just a little one-bedroom apartment. I had moved out of the house I grew up in, and I also had another cat with me. His name was Buddy. And Buddy was my first pet that I've ever had. He lived with me in the house that I grew up with, which was actually a pretty traumatic place. But towards the end of that, I brought Buddy in, and he was with me there for a while. And then Buddy and I moved to the first uh, one-bedroom apartment, and then here came along Sweet Cody. I adopted him from a, anim- a local animal shelter where I've adopted where Buddy came from and where Dylan, who you may have met uh, on this podcast or watched it on, on YouTube, you've seen him in videos and shorts. Dylan is one year old now. Um, and so... When I first moved to that apartment, Buddy uh, Buddy was uh, a few years old by that point, and Cody was just a little kitten. He was small. And then Buddy died uh, in 2018. Um, so for many, many years, so if you think about that, it was me, and it was Buddy, and it was Cody, the three of us. Uh, and then uh, a Buddy passed away. Um, now Cody and I spent a lot of time together alone after Buddy died, um, until little Dylan came last year in March. He came last year. He'll be here about a year soon. Um, there was also a period where I had rescued a very feral cat from outdoors, um, and brought her in, uh, not just in, you know, she went to the vet and, you know, got all fixed up and everything else, but, um, she didn't acclimate very well to living indoors. And so she didn't live here for very long. And, um, she had to be kind of rehomed uh, somewhere where there could be more of indoor-outdoor uh, flexibility, where I don't have that here at this house. Cats just, you can't just let cats come and go here, but in a private home, might work a lot better. So that's where she wound up. But there was a good maybe one to two year period here where it was just really us, me and little Cody. And uh, this was the time when I really started specifically the healing journey that I'm on now uh, through yoga, through starting this podcast and so on. So just being me and Cody was very special to me. Very, very special. Anyway, Cody moved with me and Buddy from that one-bedroom apartment, then we moved to a two-bedroom apartment. I had a roommate there, and we lived there for a couple years before moving into this current house that I'm in now, where Cody lived the majority of his life here in this house. And Cody was uh, a Bombay cat. He was black, if you've seen as I said, I'll put pictures up. He had beautiful black fur. He had a little white triangle of fur, a little white triangle on his chest, uh, a little white patch. He was so cute. He sure was special. His eyes were green, beautiful, adoring, uh, always kind of spying, looking to see what's going on. He was so cute. He was very special as any of you who have or had pets know that when you have a pet that you, you think they're so special and they are special and you remember them being so special because of all the things that you went through with that pet, right? Cody's no 
no exception to that. I went through a lot with him. And here are some things that we went through together. I want to highlight a few for you. Maybe this resonates with you if you've just lost a pet. And you can back up and think about the things that you went through with your pet. Maybe even shed a tear or two or smile for your for your your loved one. So Cody lived in three places with me. They were all very unique, but all places that we called home, all of them. So it was always like I had that little companion with me, always. Cody and I moved through two pretty long-term relationships that I had uh, that ended very painfully. He was with me through those, moved through those with me. He was here and when I was, well, not here, but he was home in my other apartment when I was teaching. When I first uh, graduated from college, I was a high school teacher. And when I would teach, I would come home from work and there he was. And he would be there as I was grading papers, doing lesson plans, always there, always constant. He watched me then move up the ranks in my first corporate job. Uh, he was a constant as I worked locally and out of town for that job on a daily basis. I had to drive for a couple years, uh, maybe an hour away, and I would leave him in the morning and I'd come back and he'd be here. Or I'd. there was also a period where I had to travel and I would be gone for like Monday through Friday and then I would be here for just on the weekends. And so spending that time with him was really precious during that time. So he was always with me during those times. He also was present through that corporate job, which was I was I was at for a very long time. He was here when I lost that job very unexpectedly, uh, and then starting another corporate job and losing that one unexpectedly as well. That's what happens in corporate jobs sometimes. Things change, people change, customers change, dynamics change, and you lose jobs. And to have the pet with you is very, very, very comforting. And he was here for that. He had grace. He had presence through all of that. He also had grace and he had presence through nights of binge drinking that I would do, not sleeping, horrible hangovers in rough times of unemployment. If you watched the episode about my stopping drinking for so many months and then how I've leveled things out, you will have heard the struggle of the alcohol with me and how Cody was here during stuff like that. He was here during times of unemployment and job loss, relationships changing, friendships changing, friends in and out, family dynamics changing. Even when I had no money, Cody always ate before I did. And you know that if you're a parent, your child is going to eat just like your children, your pets are going to eat. He watched me go to therapy for the first time when I thought, boy, I got to work some shit out from my past. He was a supporter of the therapy. He was here when I started my yoga journey, right? Going through a ton of changes physically and mentally, sometimes not even knowing what the hell I was doing. He was a support when I was frustrated with my teacher training and how the teacher training wound up being half in person, half uh, pandemic, Right, which is so obnoxious when you can't be in person all the time with people in a teacher training, a yoga teacher training. And then he was around when I started to teach classes. And I would tell him about the classes and how I fucked up certain things or whatever it was. And he would listen with no judgment. You know, that's what our pets do. He was around for four presidents. He was around for the legalization of same-sex marriage. He was around... For devastating hurricanes like Hurricane Katrina. I remember watching Hurricane Katrina devastating the south, the southern parts of the United States. I remember watching that on the couch with him. 
He was around during the, the devastation of Hurricane Sandy on the East Coast. We even had a local earthquake that he and I experienced together. I was laying on a ca- the couch and he was on the top of the couch, which he loved to like sit on the top part. And he jutted to the floor and I was like, what are you doing? And then there was an earthquake. Only earthquake I've ever felt here in Ohio where I live. But he was here for that. And I remember that. Uh, he was he, he was here through a lot of economic shifts, a lot of economy up and down, money stuff. And he was around through that devastating pandemic. He showed grace when I gambled money away that I didn't have. He showed grace when I hooked up with guys who I did not like. He showed grace when I made poor decisions about what I was eating. He stared at me when I came home after getting a DUI and then lovingly stayed with me until that hangover subsided and I could pick up the pieces and start to turn my life around. He was here for that. He almost lost half of his teeth. Well, he lost, let me repeat, let me rephrase that. He lost almost half of his teeth, which he did because he had a really bad mouth infection, but he never let that stop him even until his final days. Now, his favorite thing, there's a staircase over here and he would prance up the steps when I would go to bed and he would position himself under my left arm for cuddles before bed every night. He loved having his morning canned food He screamed when I came back from being gone traveling or gone for a long day at work because he was excited that I was here. And he would scream if he didn't get his wet food either, if I wasn't here. Most importantly, and I think I've alluded to this, he was a strong source of calm, of love. He taught me how to persevere. That's the biggest thing with him. He always taught me how to persevere. He never let anything stop him, anything stop him from getting what he wanted. And he taught me the same. He was very strong, very strong cat, even until the end. He was a absolutely perfect angel. And that doesn't even cover everything, right? That's a slice of how he added to my life and how perfect our relationship was and how the connection was so perfect. Now, of course, last March, I brought Dylan home. And when Dylan came, he showed Dylan, hey, I am the king of this house. I am the king of this castle. And Dylan, you are the baby and you will do exactly what is said through the hierarchy that I've created in this house. He knew, he knew his hierarchy. And as that year went on, which was from last March until now, um, he did lose weight. He did lose some weight. Again, remember he was 19 years old. Um, Nothing like the losing of the weight that happened in his final weeks. But when I returned from my last trip, which was a trip to uh, Cincinnati, um, he was very different when I got back. The decision to put him um, to sleep was not an easy decision, as it is no easy decision for any pet owner. And if you are in a position now where you are thinking that this is going to happen to you and you are going to have to put your pet down, know that you are not alone. I want to talk to you about what happened to him at the very end. Cody was very actually pretty healthy at the end. He had very good organ function. His lungs were good. He just had a big mass in his belly and he wasn't eating and he wasn't going to the bathroom and he wasn't sleeping and it was time. And after a little bit of palliative care that we tried, the vets and I who were wonderful, uh, the vets were wonderful. 
After trying that, he I noticed he was sick, and uh, immediately we, we took him, and we tried some pa- palliative care, uh, some antibiotic to see if the lumps were lymphatic in nature and if they would go down. Uh, we tried steroids to see if he would eat. None of that worked. He was getting worse. He was getting skinnier. He was dehydrated. It was just his time. And so we made the decision that on that day that um, he would have to go very peacefully, and he did. And the grieving process for me actually began when I came back from that trip right after the new year. And so it was a couple weeks of grieving, and he was still with me. I knew in my heart that there wasn't much time left, but we made the most of the time that we had left together. I want to talk to you about the grief now, because I said I started to grieve, and I was in the first phase of grief, which I'm going to talk about the phases of grief now for you. I was in that first phase of grief even before I took him to the vet to 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 pass over uh, and cross the rainbow bridge, as we like to call that. And so the five stages of grief are, and sometimes there's seven, so I'm going to pepper in the few that get added in. Number one is denial. So that's when you, you're you like, you know, this isn't happening. He's going to get better. Or this is, you know, there, there's no way this could have happened, blah, 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 blah. It's a state of disbelief. We know that. Denial. Number two is anger. And then you can add a third step in there, which is like pain slash guilt. This is very self-explanatory to be angry with, with, with you know, your pet's disease or maybe angry with a vet or angry with your friends or angry with yourself or angry with your family or whatever. And you can also feel angry. Once the pet has passed on, if you feel like you made a mistake, oh, I waited too, I waited too long, or oh, I did it too soon, or oh, I did, I should have done this, or oh, I should have done that. See, we put ourselves through those things, but the vet said something very, very important, and I hold on to this still, that whatever decision you make, because you know your pet, it is the right decision. She, you know, she mentioned though, and I've seen this out there also that you just don't euthanize pets for convenience, right? We don't do that. But we're talking about when you know, okay? And so that grief is real, that guilt, that pain, that anger. Then we have bargaining. So bargaining is where you're like, oh my God, I would do anything to make this pain go away because we don't want to face the pain. And that's where sometimes we turn to other things like, alcohol or drugs or food or not eating or whatever it is to numb ourselves when you're in bargaining. And then that even leads into depression, which is another stage of guilt or of of, of grief. I'm sorry, not guilt, grief. Um, Depression, uh, you know, has loneliness involved with it. Very lonely, um, not feeling like you want to do anything. You just kind of feel that heavy, like something's like, like, uh, like hanging over you right? You feel that, that heaviness. And then there's acceptance. Or you add in another one to make it seven, you can add reconstruction slash hope into your life where you kind of look at your new way of life and how you can look forward. And I started moving through this process when I knew he was not acting normal. He wasn't. Remember how I said he used to come up every night, lay, that stopped. He would lay in the litter box and not do anything but lay in the litter box, which is dirty. He would hide behind the furnace. He would hide in another room that I have behind things. 
And I started to deny. I had the denial. No, this is just a phase. No, he's going to be fine. No, he's resilient. No, blah, 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 blah. And then you get angry because you don't want to wait anymore. You're like, I can't take this anymore. I can't take this pain and I'm angry and I got to get something done. And why can't they get me in sooner? And why aren't they, why are they telling me this? And why can't they diagnose? And why does it cost so much money? And why does this happen? And you get angry. And the bargaining part, I don't think I dealt with much this time around. And the reason I didn't deal with bargaining too much is because as most of you are doing, if you're watching this video or listening to this podcast and you either are a regular listener or you are new and you have just experienced pet loss, you might be dealing with the same thing when it comes to feeling like you want pain to go away. And you might be thinking, let me have some drinks to get that to go away or let me do this. And I could not go down that road. And so I started to research what really that whole like bargaining thing was all about. And I did not want to fall back into any spiraling loops. I knew I had to face the grief head on as hard as it was. I had to. Now, that's not to say I did not have support around me because I did. And I still do. But the support could not come from a bottle. It couldn't come from a cigarette. It couldn't come from another drug. It couldn't come from gambling. It couldn't come from overeating. All the things we turn to when we want to numb ourselves, it couldn't come to those. So I feel like I skipped that step and then went into the depression state for a while. That's why I delayed this podcast out one week. That's why I took time off. That's why I didn't teach yoga for a while. That's why I didn't work for a while because I needed to heal. And I'm now moving into this acceptance stage. Yes, there's still times where I'm like, God, I miss him. I laid in bed the other night and I saw something on TV that reminded me of him and I almost felt him in that left arm. And it's like, he's, it's just, it's so empty, right? Empty. That's what you feel. You feel emptiness. And that's the whole thing about grief that's so weird is because when you grieve, you're actually not grieving for the actual person or pet. You're grieving the loss of the pet or the person. Because think about this. If you if there's a, a person you don't really know and they die or they're far away from you, or maybe it's a celebrity you just kind of were a fan of for a long time and they die, you're going to feel bad for a while. And then you're going to like start to be normal again pretty quickly because you don't have direct access. They're not in your like everyday life, but pets are in your everyday life. People are in your everyday life and your brain doesn't know how to go from, oh, we're close. Like, you know, we're, we're close. Like you're, you know, a block away from me if I need to see you. And in order to get to you, all I have to do is drive my car. It'll take me 10 minutes. Like your brain knows those things and your brain remembers those things because your brain is a memory maker. And so when you, when someone dies or a pet dies, suddenly you still have these memories that are there, but you can't get to that person anymore physically. And you have this gaping hole. And that's what grief is. And grief is your brain trying to reconstruct a way to find normalcy in your everyday life. And it doesn't know how to do that. 
And then we grieve and we get angry and our brain just goes, because you have destroyed this, like this path of, oh, if I need this pet, they will be there when I get home. Well, they're not there. And that's the hardest part. That's why we grieve. And it takes some people much longer than others. And there's no right or wrong way to grieve. And there's no right or wrong time frame. Because everybody's different when it comes to grief. Everybody processes things different. And so here's what I've come to terms with, especially in the last week or so. And by the time you see this video, it will be about a month since Cody's been gone. I've come to terms with Cody's perseverance, number one, because his perseverance allows me to make changes in my life in 2024 that are very necessary. I have been thinking about making a move to a different area for a long time, and there's been obstacles. And Cody teaches, has taught me, you there are no more obstacles. You're going to do this. And he probably, at his age, couldn't have made that move with me. And I think he knew that. And so the love and the bond that we shared for each other is so strong still that when this move comes or other changes that are going to come, he is aiding me and supporting me and cheering me on where he is now in the spirit world, watching me, hugging me, cuddling with me in a way that he could not do anymore here in the physical world. He couldn't be here to stop anything from happening. His body was done. And so now it's time to persevere. It's time to move forward. It's time to get moving. And it's time to be strong because that's what his, that's what he taught me. That was his example. And that's what he taught Dylan, who is strong and young in his body, we'll say, in his little cat body, strong and resilient in his little body and runs around and is full of energy and drives me up the wall. Dylan's ready to make changes with me. Cody wasn't. And so his resilience, his perseverance is what he taught me. And he's teaching me to continue to move forward in purpose. So this episode, my Cody boy, is dedicated to you because you were the light in my life for 19 years. And now you will be the light in my life going forward as we move into the next chapter together. And with Buddy and with physical Dylan, who's here, and with me, we move forward. And so I hope this provided some comfort for you, and I hope that it provided a little solace and maybe a little, a couple of tears so that you can come to terms someday when you're ready and move forward with your beautiful fur babies with you because they leave the paw prints on your heart. Until the next time I see you, I'm wishing you a lot of love, a lot of compassion, a lot of self-care and grace. And so much peace, because you deserve it. We'll see you next time. Hey, hey, just one more thing here. The opinions, explanations, research, philosophy, interpretation, and all other content brought to you in the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast is not intended to be a substitute for the advice 
or recommendations of any medical practitioner like a physician, a psychologist, a therapist, or any other qualified medical professional. This podcast's content is for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only.